am the one who knocks. Pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to My First Time, where we debate, dispute, and discuss a much loved classic of film or TV that one of us has never seen before. Will we see what the fuss is, or just be left wondering what the heck was that? My name is Dan, and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Hello! And Aiden. Hello there! And this week, for the first time in a long time, we are joined by a special guest, former radio newsman and now political machinator Andrew Kilmartin, and this week... We are popping a coin in an animatronic mouth and hoping our wishes come true as we review 1988's Tom Hanks classic, Big. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Uh, it's my uh, great pleasure to be here, guys. It probably sounds a bit machinated there. Oh, that's all right. A little little Very cherry exciting. machinated. Uh, so you uh, you go back a little bit with Aiden. Uh, were the two of you uh, former radio comrades, were you? Well, um, yeah, it was. Uh, we were two roosters in the hen house back in the day. So we started off. Um, I think it was two and M in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, and um, we were the only two Victorians at the station. So we were sort of forced to to bond, unfortunately. Well, shout out to your fans from the Hunter Valley who have followed you to the My First Time podcast. I'm sure there are several thousand. Absolutely, Mate, those guys follow you everywhere. They are they are <laughs> true fans. The tattoos are crazy. Well, Andrew, great to have you here. You uh, presented us a couple of options. We put them out to the uh, My First Time Instagram voting public who selected Tom Hanks's Big, a very, to me, a very classic comedy for a person of roughly our age. Uh, you look roughly about, you know, 30-something. Uh, Andrew, how did you miss Big? This seems like a childhood classic to me. Yeah, look, I've been going through the TV guide um, throughout the 90s and um you know a couple of times that uh, every time it's on there's always been something better on to watch um you know what do we got uh august 10th uh, 1996 was up against men in tights robin hood it's <laughs> a, a good one yeah. um and, <laughs> and plenty more so it's, it's it's a tough one yeah so i just missed it i think um i went i went i, re- I remember seeing jack and i always thought uh, that mm-hmm. this was Taking the taking the ad off, so um, you know I was a big Jack man back in '97 when that came out. You, but, uh, you were loyal yeah, to Jack. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big Jack man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, look, we're always happy to have a big Jack man on the podcast. Uh, but um, look, um, Aiden did tell me that um, coming onto this podcast was my first time, so I thought I'd just share that story. Um, uh, my first time was in a uh, 1994 Holden Apollo. No, 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 no. Um, no, that's it's it's. Um, sorry to cut you off, Andrew. It's it's not what? that sort of my first time. It's it's, it's not just a movie. Just a movie. Yeah. Ugh, I'm gonna have to scrub my notes then. That's um. <laughs> scrub that's Aiden's. Well. That's Aiden's hey, other wait, podcast. Wait, wait, movies. Wait, hang on. It's it's just about movies. Yeah, just just the. Movie. Oh, I can just still big. tell that story then. <laughs> there was a camera involved. <laughs> well. Andrew, uh, before we press on, talk a little bit about the film Big, uh, we like to submit our guests to a, a short test. Uh, it's a simple series of statements to which you need to give a simple yes or no. You can't give any uh, further detail than that. And this just helps uh, helps the listener to decide whether you're the sort of person they want to actually put any stock into your opinion or not. So are you ready, Andrew? It's uh, it's a searching, fast-paced test. I hope you've Stop stilled... Stop my opinion. Let's go. All right. Your loins are girded. Let's go. Blade Runner? Uh, no. Star Trek? Yes. Blink-182? Yes. Hulk Hogan? Yes. Enya? No. Bill and Ted? Yes. Russell Crowe? Yes. Tim Curry. Oh. 
So I meant to say no. <laughs> Limp Biscuit. Um, no. Kanye West. Uh, that's a big no, actually. That's probably why, if I can add a bit more, yeah, you I've can. Today. If you want to, if you want to have a go at Kanye, I'm still a bit angry from oh, a couple Thank of podcasts um, ago. Get in. Actually, look, um, you know, from afar, I've been listening to the podcast for a while, and that's you know, it's it's good. It's nice to see you guys, you know, having a crack and doing well. Um, <laughs> but you know, I really did have to step in after the last episode. Um, focused on Kanye, that self-indulgent trot from Aiden, um, really killed the trot the show. Um, it's like Aiden has a good album, then goes back to his experimental stuff. So, um, you know, I actually went through the, the listener figures of that um, with the Spotify records. Uh, I think we had the Marie Kondo episode. That had 96,000 listeners yeah. um, that completed that show. Huge. That was pretty good. Warriors, 107,000. Blade Runner, 119,000. The Kanye episode... Wait, wait, wait. Are these legitimate numbers? <laughs> yeah. Quiet, yeah, please, Aiden. Quiet, please. Let the man talk. Available from statistics.com. So Blade Runner had not 119,000 downloads. Kanye had 11 completed listeners. Um, four of those were from Aiden's house as well. He does that a lot, trying to boost up the stats, unfortunately. Yeah, that's how Kanye got all of his gold records. It's from me, just continuously on loop in the background. Well, that makes sense now. Mm. Absolutely makes sense now. Um, I actually saw Kanye once at uh, the U2 concert in Melbourne. Um, and it was back when... It, it, so Kanye was there and he got booed by all the, the U2 fans because he was sort of, um, uh, he wasn't sort of that, that sort of mix. Yeah, because he was black and, and there were um, a bunch it, of racists. Go on. <laughs> They're Irish. There were a bunch of, of like Irish. Was... <laughs> Irish, sorry. Yeah. There was a, um, there, like that happened a few times back in the, the, you know, the last 10 years, like where you had a band that was booked to go on a tour, but ended up being more famous. I remember like Lady Gaga uh, was booked on the Pussycat Dolls tour and stuff like that. And everyone just went to see her. So sadly, um, I think that's probably enough about Kanye. Can we move on? <laughs> okay. Yep. We can move on. Uh, just, just back to how you may have missed big. Hey, do you like Tom Hanks, Andrew? Or yeah. Look, um, I think we're forced to like Tom Hanks, isn't it? Everyone he? loves like, Tom. Um, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, Affable everyday man. Um, you know, yeah, it's just, I, I just couldn't believe that, um, like, this was one of his first big movies at the time because, you know, what was he, like, 30, 32 in this mm-hmm. role? Like, where did all that time go before that? Like, it, it just seemed to me like he hit stardom in the 90s as a 45 year old man. <laughs> like, he's missed no, so, his first stage of his career. But he was a TV actor for a long time on a show called Bosom Buddies. I've never seen it, but I think it's like odd couple type sort of thing, isn't it? Is that right? I don't know. That's a horrendous title for a show. Bosom Bosom Buddies. That hasn't aged well. No, but that was was the show. He's probably got enough money to buy the rights for that now and hide it away. Yeah, and then he had. It's um, not available anywhere on the internet. Only in a locked cupboard at Tom Hanks's house. There was a film before this as well called I want to say Bachelor Party, and um, and it was like the the American Pie of the time. Yeah, like the Animal House of the time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah that that is a I've seen that movie. It's not great. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's 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 definitely low budget. He was in Splash, wasn't he, around that era? Is that yes. with, like, Daryl Hannah as a mermaid? I only know that from, like, you know, the promos at the start of the old VHS. Never seen it. <laughs> yeah. It's essentially what it. Little Mermaid ripped off. It's pretty similar. Ah, great. <laughs> Without the singing and stuff, though. Oh. All right. Well... For the listener at home, that maybe you're just a big Jack guy too, and you couldn't bring your, you couldn't bring yourself to let another age swap comedy into your heart, uh, and you just haven't seen Big. Here's a little rundown of the movie Big, just for you. Big is a movie for every person who, as a child or teen, has ever thought life would be better as an adult. Money, freedom and boobs. The film is the story of 13-year-old Josh Baskin, who is too short to go on the cool rides at the fair and not cool enough to attract the girlfriend of his dreams. 
Frustrated at his lot in life as a freckly-faced prepubescent, Josh funnels his frustration into an antique fortune-telling machine. Zoltar speaks and promises to grant a wish if you can shoot a coin into Zoltar's mouth. Josh wishes to, you guessed it, be big. And when he wakes up the next day, he has transformed into a 30-year-old version of himself played by Tom Hanks. Josh freaks out. He freaks out his mother, who assumes he's a kidnapper who's done something awful to her son. Eventually, he manages to uh, convince his best friend, Billy, that he really is himself. And Billy takes Josh to New York City to lay low while they track down another Zoltar machine to reverse the wish. In New York, Josh lands on his feet as a toy consultant and has a meteoric rise to company vice president with his unique and accurate impressions of what makes toys cool or lame. He also attracts the attention of fellow executive Susan Lawrence, who is attracted to his maverick childlike charms. They land up in a relationship and presumably get it on a bunch, which seems super weird when you think about it. Oh, we'll get to that. For a time, it seems Josh has no intention of ever trying to undo the wish that made him big. But life in the city with all those adult demands eventually starts to weigh him down. And after a wistful trip home, gazing longingly at children heating dingers in the park, getting their first girlfriends, first cars and their school photo taken, every child's great love, he decides to track down Zoltar and unbig himself. Susan drives him back to his family home and with a wry smile watches the man she's had sex with a bunch of times transform back into a 13 year old boy she drives away and no one seems overly bothered with where he's been for weeks on end or presumably who had kidnapped him or done whatever to him and the film ends in a happy way big was a big success on release grossing nearly 10 times its budget at the box office and establishing tom hanks as a major box office draw and critical darling the film was nominated for best original screenplay and hanks picked up a best actor nom the american film institute has big at its number 42 best comedy of all time but of course all that matters for naught as we eschew critical opinion for the opinion of tonight's first-timer, Politico man, Andrew Kilmartin. So what say you, Andrew? Is Big a joyful fantasy about the what-ifs of time, or is it just a reflection of adulthood itself? Fun for a while, but please, God, please, make it stop. <laughs> yeah, look, um, I wanted to come into this, uh, this, this chat saying... It was a big waste of time, but uh, I loved it. It was great. That movie really exceeded my expectations. Um, you know, it was something that I wasn't wasn't very hopeful for. Um, and you know, it, it was it was a really fast paced sort of movie that even for like you know one from the eighties, you know, it was very it's aged pretty well. And I was really impressed. I'm just blown away to hear positivity out of the gate. How long has it been since we've been the first timer on this podcast has been positive about the thing that they've viewed? I, I just feel a warm and fuzzy inside, Andrew. You've restored hope to me. Well, I've used up all my shotgun shots on Aiden, so you know, I, have to, I have to actually balance it out. Okay, so the, the, th- the three of us, we'd already seen it? We'd all seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, multiple times. So when was the last time, time you saw it, though, Aiden and Dan? I think I would have been in year 12 at something we called 80s weekend where we locked ourselves in a friend's house, uh, closed all the blinds and didn't leave the house for the weekend and just watched 80s films. Eden, when was the last time you saw it? Yeah, so I saw it for the first time probably like two years ago, maybe a year ago only, like fairly recently, honestly. Um, It didn't... No, I was trying to work out if this was a coming-of-age film for Australian kids as well as American. Like, obviously, I've seen so many big references in other things. It seems super popular to the childhoods of so many Americans. But it never really flagged for me as a youngster. Um, Yeah, and I I, I thought it was fun. (laughs) I didn't love it. I watched it... I watched it for the first time when I was probably like six or seven, I want to say. Haven't seen it since then. And I was convinced, like waiting the whole film for when it turned into a Christmas film. I distinctively remember this being a Christmas film. Until the credits were rolling, I was like, where's the Christmas parts? I remember it being Christmas related. I don't know. (laughs) I think it's because when he's in the toy shop, 
with the famous uh, scene where he's dancing on the piano and you've got all the toys around. It feels a bit Christmassy. I feel like as a yeah. kid, you, you think Toy Shop Christmas. No, but I worked it out. Home Alone 2, he goes to the same toy shop and <laughs> I was remembering Home Alone 2, those scenes. Hmm. He is lost in New York in Home Alone 2, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Andrew, as the guest, let's come back to uh, get a little bit of your opinion. What What do you think you take away from this film more than anything? What What is the positive impression it leaves upon you? Uh, well, there was a sense of jealousy. I thought actually, um, you know, seeing the long the the long range walkie talkies work. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, because like growing up, like in in the country, like <laughs> walkie talkies were pretty much useless. I couldn't even talk to my brother in his bedroom. <laughs> let alone um, a couple of blocks away. That is a lie that film and TV gives you, doesn't it? That one day you'll have a best friend and you'll just be over the fence and you'll be able to talk to each other. Yeah, Uh, that was, for Aiden, that was one day you'll have a best friend. (laughs) Just in general. Just in general. Um, I also thought, like, oh, the mum comes in to tell him to go to bed. Like, it's after midnight. Get stuffed. Which mum is coming in after midnight? Like, she's already in bed. And A, like, there's no way she would tolerate him being awake till midnight. No, no way. There's no way. The Speaking of the mum, the film for me gets decidedly a bit dark and weird when it lingers on the mum's grief. Like, oh, absolutely. She, really, she really thinks that someone has kidnapped her son and is doing some sort of god-awful things to him. And, and it lingers in her sadness for quite a bit. And it kind of is quite jarring, but I don't know. Interesting, it really, at least. It, it made me feel, like, a lot of kind of resentment towards Tom Hanks's character there. Because I'm just like, you can... You can do something about this, Tom Hanks, as an adult playing a child in New York, yeah. Like, you can do something. You can contact her and, like, sort of explain it. Do something. Yeah, but he does. Yeah, and- he writes the ransom note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's I don't mind it, actually. <laughs> Doesn't he compare it to, like, summer camp or something? Yeah, like? yeah. that blows my mind. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I might even come out of this a better person. Uh, <laughs> please ignore the gun named in my head. Yeah. <laughs> One thing it did make me miss, or I don't know if it actually ever happened in Australia, but you know, when, he's, when his little face is on the milk carton, I was like, we should put missing people back on milk cartons. That was a good social cause. Anyone agree? Just pouring a bit back. of cornflakes in the morning. Oh, who's missing this week? Ah, it was absolutely. I don't remember ever seeing that in Australia. No, I I, perhaps not. On milk cartons, it wasn't missing people in Australia. I don't think, but there was definitely like stuff, community servicey type announcements. Yeah, like, yeah okay. Before yeah, Kieran Perkins wrote his, his milk is non-pasteurized. That's most of it, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start a brand of milk called Missing, and it's just going to be—it's uh, going to be a public good milk. Uh, you know, a non-for-profit missing kids on is there. Is it going to be lactose-free? Is it going to be missing? That's lactose? what I was about to say. It'll yeah, have which, ev- yeah. It'll miss. It'll it be got? missing everything. The name will work in so many ways. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Hopefully, nice. the families won't seem the fact that it's missing lactose as a bit of. <laughs> A bit of a bad pun a a for the dig. fact that it's also about missing kids. <laughs> well, it was good to see Tom Hanks. Um, you know, he's obviously developed a you know a nice guy image throughout Hollywood in the in previous years. You know, he's always seen as that really nice guy that looks after people, and you know, there's not much dirt about him or anything like that. But uh, sadly, in this movie, we saw him committing a, a horrible sin, which was um, riding a bike. Without a helmet on, flouting the, the, the helmet laws. Well, I don't think those helmet laws exist in America. Yeah, and that that needs to change. Absolutely, in certain parts, I think it has, but I don't. I, like last time I went to America, I was I rented a bike and they you didn't have to wear a helmet. So you're part of the problem, really. Well, I was I was staying within the law, you know. The, the Australian uh, government should insist. That Disney put up a warning before you watch this film. Yeah, totally. so this film, can, this film has a reckless disregard of road safety. It does not reflect what you should do at home. All right. While we're on the warnings, perhaps it should put on a warning for this film contains um, 
child predator-like behaviour. Um, and although it's not shown, some scenes where, yeah, stuff goes down. It's pretty weird, the, isn't it? Like, the sex stuff is weird. <laughs> the, it's it's funny, right up... At, so when he when she takes over her top and he she goes to turn the light off and she, he flicks the light back on, I did laugh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it turns out a full 180 and it's like, oh, this is not funny anymore. This is really bad. This is really bad. Really, really bad. <laughs> and because I think you can't help but think about he's had this sexual relationship for quite a period of time with this woman. When he goes back to being a 13-year-old, he's messed up. His teenage years are a mess of weird sex crimes and yes. desires. That's the really dark undercurrent of this film, right? That's the yeah. sequel, I reckon. That's Big 2. And he's he's big and he's, he's a predator <laughs> on big children. Two bigger? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about John Lovitz? I've got a question for you. Has he uh, ever not looked like a divorced dad? <laughs> I love John Lovitz. I think he's fantastic. I, I wrote down just like, I love Lovitz. I, Lovitz I really could have been out. in it more. Yeah, I was going to say. I John I, I was, Lovitz, Lovitz, Lovitz. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so disappointed that he wasn't in it significantly more like, as his kind of adult friend buddy kind of helping him through a bit more he just sort yeah. of popped up and then disappeared was he a nobody when they made it maybe like i feel like if he had the name he later had they would have featured him more perhaps but so if Am i'm I... right i think the timeline wise he was on saturday night live or he just started on saturday night live at that point so he wasn't really a name yet he'd only yeah. just sort of began his stardom so so can we bring up how good Tom Hanks is in this film? Like, yeah, the, I I thought, oh yeah, it's just a token role for him. But you really see him become a star, particularly in the very first moments where he's become the big himself, and he's in the hotel. He's just checked into the hotel, and he's freaked out, and everything he just does slower. Like he's a kid, sort of reacting. He's like, oh, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing right now, and he just sort of like slowly figures things out and then gets freaked out like a kid would by the person yelling at the door and cowards under the bed and stuff. I was like, yeah, you were always meant to be a star. Like he shines. Like it's really good acting. This is his first major, major movie. Yeah. Wins an Academy Award straight off the bat. Does he win? He doesn't nominated. 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 Oh Oh, yeah. Close enough. That's That's so good. A nominated. A nomination for a comedy film is quite rare anyway, so I kind of yeah. think, like, if you're getting nominated for an Academy Award in a in a sort of a family-type comedy, that's pretty rare achievement. And I agree yeah. with you, Aidan. I think it's a phenomenal performance. That, that hotel scene you talk about, perhaps as much as the mother's stuff, is really grim. Like, it's actually really dark and terrifying. And I was, like, watching it, like, how did I absorb this as a kid? I don't remember, but it's, like, really... Really, like, you sort of feel so concerned and it actually just is really seedy and alarming. But, you know, perhaps that yeah. that works for adults and kids that just sort of glosses yeah. over a bit. Yeah. yeah. It's just all about his facial expressions, you know, his inability to look anybody in the eye at the start of the film. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, you know, when he's, um, uh, you know, having his moment with his... Uh, with his partner, uh, you know, just the smile, the, the weird cl- crazy clown <laughs> smile that uh, covers his face and yeah, you know, when, she knows that he loves her now. When, yeah, when she says, what like, is... how do you feel about me and he can't say it out loud, he's like, uh, sorry, sorry, it's like throwing things at her. It's like, that is a kid. Like, that's absolutely... I saw it. Yeah, well, that was the interesting thing. So I, I looked it up and it, apparently, I don't know if they did this for every scene, but they did a version of the scene with the kid that was playing the character doing the scene, even the adult ah. scenes. And Tom Hanks was just watching and sort of using that immediate kind of reaction and research to kind of influence his own performance. And, like, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, Tom Hanks, he's just copying the kid. It, like, that's a genius idea to have a kid yeah. record some of these crazy adult sort of interaction scenes and then get Tom Hanks to sort of take on that as inspiration. That's, I, it, I thought it was really effective. 
Could only have been better if he'd like lived six months method acting, you know? He's attending some New York <laughs> elementary school. It turns into <laughs> Billy Madison as well. Like, yeah. he has to go through high school. <laughs> speaking of, uh, you know, speaking of this performance, there and just how, I think, relevatory it is, did anyone of you read the Wikipedia and see the extremely long list of actors who were attached to this before Tom Hanks? Oh. I'll give you some names. Huge names. And some very bizarre ones where you just can't imagine it. Because he is so joyful and childlike. Not all of these actors are that. Uh, Steven Spielberg, who was originally going to direct, wanted Harrison Ford. <laughs> I can see him playing it fun. Other actors attached to the role include Kevin Costner, Warren Beatty, Dennis Quaid, Albert Brooks, John Travolta, Sean Penn, Gary Busey, uh, and perhaps the strangest one of all, Robert De Niro. <laughs> every, None of those guys 80s. could have played a kid when they were kids. <laughs> no, no, exactly. They were never but children. Everything, everything in the eighties had um, De Niro attached to it. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, we'll just chuck his name on it, and then it'll get funded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> I, I really Very like. Strange. I know. I, like. Like I said, I was never a huge uh, big fan, but I was a huge Honey, I Shrunk the Kid or Kids fan. And uh, Billy, like Tom Hanks's kid friend in it, is the next door neighbor from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I love that little '80s uh... kind of combo. I feel like kids in the '80s having that fun time in movies. Ah, it's fantastic. Well, that's really cool because I was watching it and I looked at that kid and I said to Ash, I said. Ash, this kid is a pop-up in lots of 80s movies kid. Like, he he is just a kid in lots of films, I'm sure. I couldn't think of one of them, but uh, yeah. yeah, that is a good one. Well, he looks like one of the kids in Mighty Ducks, but he's not. not uh, quite, if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other... Uh, one of the other, you know, big people that got their start in this thing was uh, Zoltar, actually, who went on to, you know, star in the cult in Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> That's Zoltan. <laughs> Zoltan. <laughs> um, was the rival uh, guy the dad in Home Alone? Yes. Yes, yeah, yes he was. Yeah, that's right. Yep. I don't know, 80s movies have always got such a charm to them. Like I said, I I liked Big. I didn't love it. I didn't think it was... It didn't connect to me as an adult as it might have done if I'd watched it as a kid. But I do love that kind of 80s New York, 80s vibe. And it's just got such a charm to it. It's a lot of fun. If you had watched this as a kid, I think you'll love of it. Like, as a kid, when you look at his life and he's got that amazing big open penthouse sort of apartment, like yeah. a big studio floor and he's got the indoor trampoline and he's riding bikes around machines. and he, it you're, is like you're making as, toys you're making toys what a dream <laughs> yeah the whole thing as a kid is like this would be amazing you know uh, maybe even as an adult to be honest that looks like a pretty sweet life he's living <laughs> now um i actually loved the uh, the building toy that they said was useless, like <laughs> you know, the building toy that uh, transformed into a robot, that would have been awesome. Yeah, but he's, I'd love to play with a building toy. He's kind of right though. Like kids don't play with buildings; they play with things that move, that whoosh and and smash. Things. It turns into a robot. It's like a disguise. The building is just the disguise, and then like a transformer turns into a. Robot. I don't know. I got it. I understood it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know who didn't understand things? The woman, right? I can't remember her name that he ends up um, Susan. sleeping with. Susan, that's it. Frank. In, re- <laughs> in real life, surely she would think he was like just probably like a little bit um, slower to things. You know what I mean? Like maybe um, not mentally all there. Mm-hmm. Like you, and like you would the- go, oh, he's been hired at, for, you know, with that in mind rather than he's a visionary or something like it like how does she not see that yeah that thought crossed my mind as well like uh, it sort of looked like you know the special schools will have yeah, mentally challenged sort of thing <laughs> 
Maybe she thinks, Which, yeah, oh, he's from sort of like... Uh, does he say that he is from Queens as an adult to her? Because maybe she thinks, oh, it's some sort of like small town country bumpkin coming to the big city is a bit bit out of step with the rest of us. I don't know. No, nah, but she's, she's in awe of him a lot of the time. That's true, yeah. I kind of think... <laughs> She thinks he's a maverick, and when she gets him in private, he's going to transform and, like, you know, get out of his, like, I'm a kid playing with toys headspace. But then it's that slow realisation of, like, oh, he's not going to do that. Like, right to the last minute when they go to sleep together for the first time, except he <laughs> goes to the top bunk and she's on the bottom bunk. <laughs> oh, you know, I think delightful. she's, she's <laughs> waiting... She's waiting for him to suddenly just reveal the real him, I think, but then gets attracted to his childlike charm. And I don't know, the whole thing's creepy. The more I talk about it, the more I don't like it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this movie, if it was made today, would have had a sequel for sure. Like the, the premise of this magical Zoltar machine that appears at a fair, it's not even plugged in. It's got this weird sort of sci-fi quality about it and then it disappears overnight. There'd be big two, big three, people would be making all sorts of bizarre wishes into it. It's Well, uh, there was three TV shows, three pilots that never made it to series that were created. One like almost immediately afterwards, one in the mid-90s and one in still only about 10 years ago, like late early 2000s, sort of mid-2000s era. What? And none of them have worked. I can't imagine it working as a series. I can imagine working it as, like, yeah, sequels and stuff, but a TV show? I don't know. <laughs> Do you reckon the TV show's, like, a, one of those ones where it wraps up every week and it's got a different cast and, you know, one week it's a it's a guy oh. going, oh, wish my wife was dead because, you know, she told him, you know, that he couldn't go to poker <laughs> night and then she dies and it's just him dealing with his grief and then the next week it's one some some girl like, oh, I wish I was a flying horse. And, you know, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I could get no, into that. That. That, would be a, that would be amazing. I can't imagine any network exec would do that. They would do, oh, a kid becomes an adult for a whole season and then yeah. gets a choice at the end of the first season whether to go back or not and that's the cliffhanger. <laughs> well, none of them made it past pilot, so we'll never know. Wasn't there Dan, also your a version Broadway? Is basically the Twilight Zone. <laughs> ah, I've never really watched the Twilight Zone, but if it's about yeah, it's uh, like the Twilight Zone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm into it then. Even if the films or television series didn't get off the ground, like, you know, this spurned a new genre of those um, films of, you know, kids aging rapidly. Yeah, you know, like suddenly thirty, Jack, seventeen again, all that sort of stuff. There's so heaps yeah, of they're it. just sort yeah. of ripping it off without the rights to it. Yeah, even even Richie Rich to a degree, like it's it's the kid that has everything, and he kind of was that. You go into his apartment, he's got all the toys, he's got all the stuff. Yeah. Um, like there's there's I, th- I, I we're gonna and get to it, but I else. think there's a lot of films that owe big for their that legacy and things. Hmm. There was an Indian version of this made, I believe, in 2004. It could be good if uh, you want to look in, look up that anyone. Uh, you know, that's your thing. Does it have John Lovitz in it? Surely. What else is he doing? <laughs> ah, probably not. I think he's the main character in this. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch that. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, well, Andrew, as our guest, uh, do you have any final thoughts about Big? Is there anything out there the listener really needs to know? Maybe if they're on the fence about whether to watch this film or not. No, it's a great film. Um, look, it's just, you know, pose that question, I reckon. Like, you know, what would you guys have done? You know, would you have gone back and been a kid again? Or like, you know, if you hit a great career and you got access to money and stuff like that, a new woman, uh, you get to work with toys and a great job, you know, would you stay there? That's an excellent Let's question. Let's answer that question. <laughs> Eden, what would you think you have oh. done? I would probably stay longer as an adult uh, and then maybe regret it because of the horror it caused my parents. And then when I realise oh, I'm, I'm old and I'm growing older by the day, I'm going to go back to being a kid, I maybe have missed out on a lot of childhood. I'm not convinced this hasn't happened to you, Eden. Like, I don't, I cannot picture you as a child. Like, I'm pretty sure you turned 30 after you turned four. Like, it was four, three, four, 30. And yeah. that's how the world knew you. Yeah, that was when my dad shared my first glass of port with me. Yeah, and you sat down and watched Star Trek together. Well, come on. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek The Next Generation. 
Aiden, I'm going to have to say you would have gone back to your childhood because I feel like you live your adult life trying to go back to your childhood. Is that is that a fair comment? <laughs> what are you talking about? Can you see Come on, my your favourite things are Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Yogi Bear. <laughs> For those that can't see, I just held up my Scrooge McDuck Lego uh, set that's sitting on the desk in front of me. Um yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't know. It depends what depends when they when they got me. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I was still in primary school, I think I would go back to being primary school. But there was definitely some of those awkward teen years in the early high school that I did not enjoy and would have gladly jumped to thirty years old. Yes, he was a bit of a ugly duckling back then. What about yes. you, Andrew? Let's go with, let's go with back well, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I'd love to go back to being a kid, but you know, I've I've already gone through life, and um, you know, I haven't become a person that works in a toy factory. So you know, you, if you're in that, why go back and risk that? It's <laughs> true. That's true. Do you think he grew up and tried to recreate that life? but he wouldn't have had the ability to do it because he would have lost his childlike charm and innocence. That's the, either the sequel or the series. That's the oh, idea. No, no, no. No, no, he no, would be no, chasing no, no. that impossible dream and he'd just end up broken by the age of 35. No, I've got it. I've got it. He is the boss. Yeah. So he grows up. He is the boss. Then there's a new guy that starts at work and he's like, oh, you remind me of me when I was 13 uh. slash 30 years old. And they dance on the piano together. Which is that's now that's how he knows how to do the Dio Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty good, Aiden. I like that. That's uh, that's a, that yeah, puts a bow go. on this segment for me. Well, well envisioned. All right, it's time that we think about some scores. And now these messages. They came from McDonald's. They came in a Happy Meal. They were McDonald's new food changeables. In the hands of your innocent children, hotcakes become Rubble Cakes. French fries become Pribot. Eight different new food changeables, two each week, one with each Happy Meal. New food changeables. Collect all eight. <laughs> Time to get the scores out. I feel like this could be healthy tonight. This is the most positive, uh, the most positive consensus we've had for a long time. But let's find out. Andrew, we'll start with you as the guest. Uh, what do you give this for the iPhone test? Were you fully compelled the whole way through? Well, um, you know, my attention span is uh, short at the best of times. I did have to go and cook lunch halfway through it, so I'm probably going to give it a, a three. Okay. A three for your usual self? Like, is there anything that ever compels you not to go cook lunch in the middle of it? Um, Sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, that's the problem with, like, films these days and stuff like that. You know, know, we, like, we can't even sit on the toilet without, um, you know, using our phones and stuff like that. So it's a big test these days. And Mm. shout out to everyone that's currently listening to us on the toilet. (laughs) I guarantee there'll be a few. Yeah, they're they're blocked up and they're like, I know some guys with opinions that'll give me the trots. All right. (laughs) Eden, what do you give this one? I'm actually going to go to a two for iPhone. Like I said, I've seen it kind of recently, this movie, and I think even that first time, I was was on the phone a fair bit. I'm going to go two. Okay, pretty low. Aiden. I'm going three and a half. I think it starts really strong and it's really fun. But then the last half, the longingness gets a bit boring when he, when he's just sort of like getting nostalgic for his childhood. That was literally a week ago. Like it's, it's that part. I was pulling out the phone a little bit. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like I'm going to be a bit more positive. I reckon this one's pretty pacey. Keeps a, keeps it moving. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a four. I don't know why. I don't remember being distracted while watching it. I quite enjoyed it, so that's where I'm going. I can't back it up any more than that. Cultural significance. Uh, what do you say here, Andrew? Does has Big proved its uh, cultural uh, bona fides to you, or is it still just a nasty Jack ripoff in your mind? 
Yeah, well, I, I think it's um, yeah, it's been parodied and featured in plenty of films and stuff like that, um, and particularly in film titles. You know, they've all sort of seen the success that Big had in 1988 and tried to cash in on it. You know, you've had Big Trouble in Little China, Big Daddy, <laughs> The Big Short, The Big Lebowski, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Big Hero Six, um, even Big Four Caravan Parks. <laughs> so so they've just... all tried to cash in on that. Um, one of the other ones that I picked, obviously, like, you know, everyone's, you know, we've all seen the Simpson episode of the piano and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's really good. But uh, the the Nelly song, Country Grammar, Aiden will back me up on this. Was that, did that rip off the uh, the song that he sings with his friend at the start? You know, that, that dumb, oh, dumb baby. Yeah. I well, reckon it was, I, right? I would say that that song that they're singing, though, is one of these things that because we're Australian, we don't recognize it. It's probably like one of those, like, nursery rhymey, like, locker room or, or classroom type songs that kids learn growing up i would guess but you're right that is the same that that, that same rhyme is in country grammar 10 points yeah so i'll give it a four out of five i think it's been pretty uh pretty significant culturally all right eden i'm also going to four i think yeah it's you know, like we're talking about it's it's influenced a lot of other movies not only like uh, kids becoming adults or wanting to be adult movies but like the classic wish movie coming true and then living with mm. the ramifications of that. Um, Simpson references the Zoltar wish-making machine has been in everything. I, it's got to be a four. Okay. Aiden, has it got to be yeah, a four? It, it does got to be a four. It's 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 got to. Um, I think the only reason I wouldn't bump it up even higher is because there's a lot of people that haven't seen it these days. It hasn't lived on as long, I think, but because it's affected so many other films that, you know, like you you might chat to a kid these days and they've seen Freaky Friday, but the only reason they've seen Freaky Friday is because the makers of Freaky Friday saw big. So although it hasn't lived on in, in its legacy as a film, the effect has lived on in so many films that, that we could list forever. So yeah, it's got to be a four. It's just got to. I agree. It's got to be a four. It's uh, four it's fours. The, it's the launcher. <laughs> it's the launcher of Tom Hanks into the stratosphere from which he's never quite returned. So yeah, got to be returnability. Andrew, you coming back to watch this one? Just uh, pop this one on once a year. Yeah, I'm going to hop on the big train if Channel Ten can get it on, get the rights again. <laughs> um, yeah, I might try and watch it over. Uh, you know. Beautician of the Beast or something like that, I think. Yeah, nice. So, so I'm probably going to give it a... Th- it's actually a good category, though, because as I was saying before about attention spans, like, um, you know, like, younger kids and that, they'll struggle. They don't even watch movies once, let alone more than once these days. Like, kids prefer, like, YouTube. Um, you know, they've got Netflix and things like that. Like, we grew up with, like, five channels to choose from, and, you know, like, the two of them had, you know, something good on at the time. Mm. Kids can choose from like forty thousand different things at once, so like you know they they struggle to to get through anything. So we we've brought in a, a new rule at our house that if you start a movie, you have to finish it. So I think I think that's hopefully going to correct attention spans going on. <laughs> and when your six year old did start uh, Clockwork Orange, did you make them finish? Oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, I even got the matchsticks out and put it in their eyes, <laughs> tapped them up, so they did the whole thing. Good. You yeah, chose nice. it. You picked it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, four out of five for that one. All right. Will the fours keep rolling, Eden? The fours will not keep rolling, Dan. I'm gonna Ooh. go. I'm, I'm not dropping it much. I'm not dropping it much. I'm dropping it down to a three. Look, I would watch it again given some time. But like I said, I, I thought it was a fun movie. I don't love it. There are other great movies that I would love to watch again and again and again and again. This isn't one of them. It's a three. Aiden. Now, I mentioned earlier that I watched this, I reckon I was like five, six, seven, around that like very early primary school. Now, I want to say Dad fast-forwarded a couple of the scenes. I don't, because I don't remember when we mentioned, oh, we're going to watch uh, Big and Dan's like, oh, the sex scene. And I was like, I don't remember that at all. So I reckon I did watch it as a kid and dad fast forwarded. 
So with that in mind, I was watching this the whole way going, oh, I can't wait to show Jethro. This is, he's going to love this. This is going to blow his tiny little mind. This is going to be so much fun. I'm literally going to finish watching it right now. Tomorrow morning when he wakes up, we're going to watch it together. Like, I cannot wait. And then it got to the sex scene. And I was like, ah, we might wait a couple of years. Yeah, we might wait a couple of years. <laughs> we're fair to state and your dad is also very strict on... Um you know, piano scenes and people dancing. And there was multi- all the American references. He's like, oh, get out of here. Where's the Australian culture? Uh, so I, I was a four and then I dropped it down to a three and a half. But I genuinely, I can't wait to show Jethro this. I do think it'll hold up except for that scene or that storyline, really. Yeah, that's, that's fair comment. I'm going to give it a three. I, I really enjoyed it. That's probably the... I don't know, third or fourth time I've seen it, but not for like 17 years. And it might be another 17 till I watch it again. But I feel I, I, I judge this in the window of the past where if you were browsing channels in the five channel era, would you dwell on this a while if you flicked across it? I always think you would. So in that sense, it does have returnability. It's a three from me. Partner friendliness. Uh, Andrew, is this one that you would uh, watch on uh, date night? Take the misses too at the uh, you know the local rerun cinema classics night. Well, I actually had to go out and get a partner specifically for this category. <laughs> um, so I uh, jumped on uh, jumped on a few of the dating apps and uh, said that I wanted to watch a, a big and stuff like that. And yeah, it was it was great. You know, we got flooded with people. Uh, one of them actually wants to marry me next month, so we'll. Uh, <laughs> Move on. No, actually, uh, yeah, Charlotte actually seen it like four or five times before she said and uh, didn't hesitate to watch it again. She she laughed the whole way. Um, one of the things that she said w- when they had the romance bit was cute, but also the pedophilia. So um, I think that sort of sums it up in a way. Uh, three out of five. 3.5 out of five, sorry. Okay. Uh, Eden, has uh, Kirsty watched this one? Yeah, and when when I watched it a few years ago, uh, so did Kirsty, and we both enjoyed it. Kirsty watched it again. Um, in fact, when the Instagram poll came through that it was big, Kirsty sought me out and was like, "Make sure that we watch this again together because she loves the movie." I'm gonna go four. Like, it's a really good partner friendly movie. I think there are still again maybe better movies out there for watching with your partner, but this is a good one. Do you agree, Aiden? Yeah, I agree. It's a four. It's fun. Like, it's it's just a fun film that the two of you can laugh along. And I think, yes, the awkwardness of the pedophilia. But you, you also, like, you, you know that. Like, no one's sitting there going, oh, like, if it's a first date or something and you choose big. Like, the other person's not going, oh, are you into... No. Like, <laughs> what is we, this person we, grooming like, me for? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, th- I think everyone knows it's wrong. And even Tom Hanks would probably come out and say that in interviews these days and stuff. But... But I think it's still a fun film to watch. Yeah, partner-friendly, though. Like, if you had a 13-year-old niece, you wouldn't sit down and watch it with her, would you? Uh, you No. You'd just leave that one. You'd drive that one right by. So it's definitely weird. (laughs) Question, though, was it weird at the time? Do we see it differently now with a bit more hypervigilance around, you know, this sort of stuff? I think so, yeah, totally. What do you think? Do you, yeah. Andrew, Eden, do, do you think they saw this as oddly as we did or were they a bit more lenient in the 80s? Yeah, well, um, definitely it was more lenient at the time. Yeah, that came out, that was the time when we had Labyrinth and, you know, we've got a 50-year-old David Bowie cracking <laughs> on to a 16-year-old girl with that one. So, like, yeah, the 80s was a crazy time. Yeah, and literally every film in the 80s as well, like The Girlfriend in every 80s comedy, like all of a sudden a woman's walking past naked or you know what I mean? Like every Bill Murray film, like someone's got their boobs out for no real reason. Like there was a lot of stuff in 80s films that was just like, yeah, that wouldn't happen these days. Eden looks like he wants to jump in and say, there was a reason that those boobs came out in all those Bill Murray films. (laughs) Yeah, go on. <laughs> Defend Stripes. No, well, okay, Stripes is a great movie and I will defend it. I agree, Stripes, <laughs> Stripes is a great film, a great film. But literally, the that film wrestling scene? features... 
yeah, mud wrestling scenes. There's there's literally at the beginning of the film, like he's chatting to his girlfriend who's in another room, and then she just walks past naked, like just with her top off, like whatever. And like, there's no real reason for that. That wasn't. Yeah, really. it's literally just because it's an '80s film, and they were marketing more at guys. And I reckon this one, there would have been guys that be like, oh yeah, he's 13, good on him, yeah, get in there. Well, it was actually the law at the time as well. You know, the, uh, it's mandatory. You know, the adult actress, uh, you know, the, and the porn stars union had a very tough negotiating team. <laughs> Not a good guild. Not a good guild. Uh, I think I've got to give my score still. Uh, I'm going to give it a four as well. Ash uh, really enjoyed it. It's You can laugh, you can have fun with it, and you can debate the ethics of the relationship. It's got a bit of everything for everyone. All right, let's uh, crunch those little digits. And, uh, oh, there's a guest. I'm going to have to do averaging. It's a mess. We'll be back in a bit. Uh, It's that time of the podcast where we are going to recommend to you pop culture that we have been enjoying of the moment. Or maybe we've rediscovered something from the annals of history. Andrew, as our guest, you have the honour of being our first recommender. What would you like to recommend? Oh, yeah, thanks, man. Um, well, I, I've been getting into a, a little film series called Debbie Does Delacombe. It was probably the, <laughs> the best 18 seconds of my life. I really enjoyed it. Available at all good uh, adult stores, I think. <laughs> Fantastic. I knew it was going to be something like that. <laughs> is that is that a is that a shared interest you guys have, uh, Aiden? Uh, how we met, isn't it? Haven't seen that one. No. <laughs> no, his mum didn't take him to work that day. Oh, burn. <laughs> and hello to Carlene Grant, who's not listening. There's no way. <laughs> Aiden, what would you like to recommend to the people? Oh, Dan, are you giving me the first go between you and I on if recommendations? You if you steal my recommendations. <laughs> I've already started, mate. I I've will already started. Plug Ten you. seconds left. <laughs> I like, okay, I won't steal it, but I want it to go on the record that I really wanted to recommend 1899 because I think it's a great show. So I'm just going to steal a little bit of that thunder. But since I can't recommend that, I'm going to recommend another Netflix series called what? Wednesday. Yeah, the eight, the, uh, the. You've got Wednesday to be kidding Adams. me. It's really good. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Did you just steal really Edens? You stole Edens. <laughs> no, Aiden, you stole Edens. No, Eden, you stole Edens. Is that what's happening uh, here? I'm in oh, shock fair. and disbelief. Is it my turn now? Well, hold on. Does that mean, though, that like all of our recommendations for the three of us are Netflix series? <laughs> well, Andrew's wasn't, but could that be. Is, that is true. If the right person yeah. gets their hands on it. People power. We'll get there. <laughs> I think the stranger thing that might be occurring here is that the two of you are enjoying the same TV show at once. Could it be true? Aiden, have you also been enjoying Wednesday on Netflix? Yeah, very yes, much so. I... Yeah. Not you, Aiden. It's I not thought he said Aiden. <laughs> it's my turn now. Ah, fine. Uh, yes, my recommendation is Wednesday. I love Tim Burton. I'm obsessed with his films and very excited for his TV show. I'm only uh, only just fresh into it. Like, it literally only dropped uh, very recently um, and very much has the same feel of everything else in the Tim Burton-verse. Um, and, like, if you liked Edward Scissorhand or Nightmare Before Christmas or any of those sort of things, it sits perfectly within that world. I love it. Wow, I am shocked that the two of you are finally on the same page. This is yeah, I this feel is like a MFT first. I think I might need to go have a cold bath or something, scrub off. This is not sitting <laughs> right with me. There's nothing wrong with us liking the same thing. It's a good show. I like Tim Burton as well, buddy. No, there's something very wrong about the two of you liking the same thing. It's very unsettling good, for me. How good was the movie Ed Wood? Did you like Ed Wood, Tim Burton's Ed no. Wood? Okay, see, you, you knew what you were doing then. That is the worst of his films. That is the most boring one of them all. Every oh, other so one good. is better than that one. You, 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 couldn't, you couldn't hold on to it, could you? You couldn't, yeah, couldn't. like quite keep it up. <laughs> I'm just struggling to figure out whether Eden, you've been affected more by Aiden or Aiden's been affected more by Eden. Oh, uh, Who's, who's affected honest. who? No, look, if you were putting that on a Venn diagram, it would be closer to my side. It, it is a Tim Burton is a punk goth 
wet dream, essentially. Like, everything he's ever made is for, like, loner, uh, underdog, little battle. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, all that stuff. Like, it's it's all dark statistics. Yeah, look, that's not you, mate. That's me. Yeah, but still, you know, there's some real cinematic stuff in there. Ed Wood and uh, Mars Attacks. There's some cinema there. You know what I don't want you to get in the habit of, Aiden, is using wet dream as a descriptor <laughs> for pop culture you like. Have you guys seen Yogi Bear's Christmas? Whoa, that is a childhood wet dream of a flick, that one. I didn't. I never described the beautiful work of a Yogi Bear's first Christmas as in such a vulgar way. How dare you sully the good name of Yogi Bear? Just, just copying your style. I was just trying to get in your headspace. <laughs> Like Eden what are you recommending, been, Dan? Obviously. I'm recommending uh, the show 1899, which I have rights to, as I do believe I may have been the person that put Eden onto Dark, the original creation of the people who have created 1899. It is, uh, it is a, a mysterious, perhaps supernatural, perhaps sci-fi... Uh, I don't want to give too much away. Basically, it's set uh, about 100 years ago on a Titanic-like cruise liner. Uh, Suddenly, uh, a cruise liner that has been missing for months reappears out of nowhere and very strange, very mysterious things start happening. It's uh, made by a couple of German guys. It's very dark. It's very brooding. It is a fraction on the slow end. I don't think it's a film for you, Aiden, or a TV show for you. Uh, But if you don't mind getting bogged down in a little bit of mystery, it might be for you, humble listener. And that is the end of our recommendations. Can't believe you, Eden. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do Wednesday. <laughs> I just, That's crazy. I never <laughs> thought that would happen. Well, the scores are in. Big numbers for big is the order of the day. The, uh, we are ticking up the leaderboard. North by northwest in 10th uh, spot. No chance. Tick, 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 tick. Can it get past Forrest Gump in eighth on 38.25 points? Easy. Tick, 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 tick. Tom Hanks knocks out Tom Hanks. Mm. Can it get past the Warriors in sixth place on 40.125 points? That is no match. Tick, 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 tick. Can it get past Tootsie in third place on 42.2? Yes, it can. And it ticks into taking over from Tootsie, the third of our pop cultural entertainments. Big now nestles snugly in the top three, my first time entertainments, behind The Shining and Groundhog Day. Would you believe? It's good. Dan, I was really impressed with your uh, just really rapid mental calculation there that was fascinating <laughs> i've got i've got the whole leaderboard in my head i don't even keep a document i just i was impressed by the, that the sound effects the sound effects that you made yourself tick 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 oh, no sorry, i have a tick. i have an actual chocolate wheel here from the wyala rsl <laughs> that i was just turning off off uh off camera uh oh, do we feel good about that is big worthy of third place on the leaderboard I think so. I don't know, third, like, that's high. I yeah, I, I do you gotta think... you got to own it. you got to own I, it. Yeah. I do think Forrest Gump deserves to be higher than Big, personally, but, you know, it but just I guess depends on who's in the room at the time. Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, we all give the scores individually. We don't know what it's all going to come out to as. Sorry, I'm surprised you guys have actually finished watching Forrest Gump to, to <laughs> give it a, a, a score. <laughs> She's a long one. I, I think it does... It kind of reflects Tom Hanks in a way, isn't it? Like, it's like a bit of an everyman movie. Like, I think so many different people who have different film genre interests could find a bit of something in Big to enjoy, right? Like, yeah. I think it, it, it would cater a, to a wide audience. So, look, hey, we'll back it in. Number three. Yeah. 43.125, wow. thanks to having to do a little bit of averaging. Gets a Ooh. bit of a... Some, gets a few extra decibels than most of our other films. Uh, Dan, yes. Dan, last, Dan, last podcast for the year. Um, are we second back? last we... podcast oh. for the year? Oh, 
We will be uh, we will be having squeezing in a little Christmas special sometime between now and the arrival of the uh, big fat red man. Uh, we'll be bringing on uh, one of our chums, Eden and I's uh, improv buddies. Going to do a Christmas another flick. Big <laughs> another big fat red man. Another big fat red man. It'll be one of these four. If you want to participate, uh, follow us on Instagram. You get to vote in the polls that decide the future of the podcast. Uh, and it will be one of Nightmare Before Christmas, Ooh. The Polar Express, Christmas with the Cranks, or... It's a Wonderful Life. And don't just vote for It's a Wonderful Life because you know that Adam wants to watch it. No, I clearly expressed my love of Tim Burton on this episode. It's got to be. Just because you know. Oh, Express. Come on, we need back-to-back Hanks. Back-to-back Hanks, yeah. Back-to-back. I think we should call it. Thanks very much for that one. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew, so much for being with us today. Thank you for putting Aiden in his place, chastising oh, him fine. suitably. And, um, bringing across the 17,000 Spotify listeners as well. Um, yeah, that's right. No. <laughs> and all your fans from the Hunter Valley. Question. Thank you. All right. Well, boys, we'll be back uh, sipping eggnog, eating mince pies, discussing a Christmas classic. See you then.